If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about alien implants before and after. That's correct, alien implants before and after. Now, the article comes to us from MUFON.com. The title is Alien Implant Removals Before and After Effects. Now, we don't have a date here on the article, but you can find it on MUFON.com. And I think it must be a few years old because it goes into uh, talking about Dr. Lear's work and how he did uh, these alien implant removals. Of course, Dr. Lear's been gone for a few years now. But somebody that I've always had great admiration and respect for because of his professionalism and removing these things and his compassion toward the people that he worked with. Now, the article begins by saying, Several years after the surgical removal of their alleged alien implants, five individuals courageously accepted to take part in an interview to discuss their before and after effects. All persons, one male and four female, shared one thing in common, UFO encounters and contact with non-human alien beings. So we're talking about five separate cases where people believe that they had been abducted, had had contact with non-human entities, and they ended up with physical implants that were removed out of their bodies. Dr. Lear, a podiatrist from Thousand Oaks, California, founder of FIRST, that's Fund for Interactive Research in Space Technology, and Daryl Sims, a certified hypnotherapist, co-founder of FIRST, and experienced UFO investigator of over 27 years, orchestrated these successful surgeries with a team of competent medical professionals and volunteers. The first set of implant surgeries took place on August 19, 1995, at Dr. Lear's Podiatry Clinic in Thousand Oaks, California. Pat Perennial, a 47-year-old male from Houston, Texas, and Mary Jones, a pseudonym, 52, also from Texas, had the anomalous objects appear in x-rays, although both UFO experiencers had no previous surgeries. So... They have x-rays done. These implants show up on the x-rays. And, you know, of course, they want to know what are these things, how do they get there, but but neither one of them have had previous surgeries, at least not on Earth. Both individuals were investigated by Daryl Sims of HUFON, that's his chief investigator for Houston UFO Network, and referred to Dr. Roger Lear for surgery based on their past UFO encounters and x-rays which confirmed the anomalous objects. Pat's object was removed from the back of his left hand, and Mary's object was excised from her left big toe. All services were formed free of charge. The alleged implants removed from the first, from the first set of surgeries were studied by two different pathologists, and then sent to various independent laboratories for extensive scientific analysis. The tests performed on these alleged alien implants were a pathology tissue evaluation, laser-induced breakdown, spectroscopy, extensive metallurgical testing involving a density immersion test, X-ray energy dispersive spectroscopy, scanning electron microscopy, X-ray diffraction pattern analysis, and electron magnetic and fluorescence property analysis, isotopic range tests are also in progress. 
Tests were conducted by the National Institute of Discovery of Science, NIDS, New Mexico Tech, and other independent sources. The only thing I'd caution here is sometimes when we start using these private labs, because they're so highly specialized, a lot of them have done government work and even have government contracts. Just a thought. But that is not all. While these unusual objects were being evaluated for scientific study, another set of implant surgeries took place on May 18, 1996. Two women from this second set of surgeries came forward for this historic interview and follow-up study. Dorothy O'Hara, a 61-year-old female from Palm Springs, California, and Alice Levy, 40, from Newbury Park, California, each had similar objects removed from under their left lower leg. Another woman, Lysia Davis, 37, who had numerous UFO and alien encounters, had a rare crystalline-like object removed from her foot in January of 1997. Now, some of the findings. The findings of these implicit of these implant surgeries are highly unusual, reported Dr. Lear. In all these cases, there was virtually no inflammatory response. Now, think about that. You've got these things lodged deep in your under the skin, you know, inside muscle tissue, wherever. No immune response. No uh, infl- no inflammation. Nothing like that. He says, this is not the usual finding in foreign tissue reactions. Normally, foreign bodies embedded in tissue result in some type of acute or chronic inflammatory response and may include fibrosis and cyst formation. Such was not the case here. The pathology reports of the first two surgeries revealed that the metallic objects were encased in a very dense, tough, gray membrane consisting of proteinicus Coagulin, hemoceridith, and pure keratin. More simply, blood protein and skin cells that are usually found in the superficial layer of the skin. The tough biological cocoons encasing the implants were also found to contain nerve precipitators, nerve and pressure cells of the wrong tissue type for that part of the body. These implant cocoons also fluoresced a bright green color and the presence of ultraviolet light source. So you have these implants. They're wrapped in this cocoon, basically of human skin, blood cells, and nerve tissue, none of which should belong in this part of the body. It's as if they've been triggered to grow there, okay? Completely, completely out of place. Completely abnormal. Completely, completely not the way it should be. The implants from the two women found in the second set of surgeries did not exhibit metallic properties like the implants from the first two set of surgeries. In fact, the spheroid whitish objects did not contain the tough biological outer jackets or fluoresce from a UV source. These types of implants, possibly biological, also lack the expedited inflammatory response, according to pathology reports. The crystalline-like object excised from the foot in the most recent surgery also lacked the tough gray outer membrane and had virtually no inflammatory response as in the other implant surgeries. Test results from the first set of implants revealed that the lamellar needle-shaped metallic objects in question are basically meteoric in origin, containing at least 11 different elements. So unless these guys were standing outside and were randomly hit by a tiny piece of meteorite, You kind of have to wonder how this thing got there. 
In an interview with Alien Encounters magazine July 1997, United Kingdom, Daryl Sims commented on the uncommon, non-rejecting human response to the implants. Quote, it seems like the dense fibrous membranes may have been the person's own surface skin. If this is the case, it appears that the metallic objects are wrapped in a sheath of surface skin. Nerve fibers then surround the tissues and appear to be attached to a larger to be attached to larger nerves. The fact that both persons from the first set of the surgeries objected verbally and physically could be an in indication of this nervous system connection. Now, I can only assume he's talking about these people maybe having some sort of uh, verbal rejection as they're being operated on, you know, under the influence of the anesthesia. Mr. Sims believes the indications are very strong that these implants are extraterrestrial in origin, but Mr. Sims concedes, whatever the scientists say who have examined the objects say, is what we will say. Now, you know, I don't really go along with that. I think at this point, and of course this was written, I don't know, what, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago or more, but from what we've seen in the last couple of years, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like science has become so, politi- so politicized that before we just accept something as science, we have to apply our own common sense and critical thinking. And what you have here is five separate individuals, all of which ended up with implants of some type, biological, in some cases it appears, uh, metal, in other places, a metal that's by its nature from a meteorite, okay, not something that we have here on Earth, but as in a metal from outer space, five separate people, uh, five or more implants, none of them had surgery to put those things there, none of them had any memory of how they got there, but they all had one thing in common, they had been abducted by aliens. So I don't think you're never going to get the scientific community to to uh, consider the possibility of alien abduction. So therefore, I don't think you're ever going to get the, the scientific community to consider the possibility that these foreign objects are alien implants. I have to disagree with Mr. Sims in this situation. I believe the evidence is so overwhelming with these different implants that they found that it doesn't take a scientist to see that these things these things quite likely came from somewhere other than planet Earth. I don't need a scientist's permission to think that these things might be alien implants. He goes on and says, scientific evaluation is our best ally, but the experiences and options of the courageous individuals in these implant surgeries are equally important. I actually think that the people involved are far more important than the scientific evaluation because I'm not sure we can get a truly scientific evaluation anymore. The information has been explained to us, I think, simply enough that we can decide in our own mind, do we even have these metals readily available on Earth and this combination that we could make an implant that looked like this? Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do we have the technology on Earth that we could implant somebody with a biological implant that would cause skin to grow under the skin, nerve cells from a totally random part of the body to go right here around this little implant as if it's sending signals back and forth. I, I, I just think that the evidence is so overwhelming that all we need is common sense. We don't need a scientific committee. He goes on, he says, a series of simple questions were posed to each of the participants. When we ask as to how and when their implants might have been inserted, Pat Perinimal from Houston, Texas, believed his implant could have been inserted during a UFO encounter he had in 1954 at six years of age. Think about that, a six-year-old kid being abducted by these stupid things. How people can have the notion that they're all just wonderful and we're going to sit around and sing Kumbaya, I don't know. You're talking about a six-year-old kid being kidnapped and having a alien implant placed in him. If that's true, I can't have love, respect, and compassion for what these things are. You know, they're, they're the opposite of that. It goes on and says, When asked how and when their implants might have been inserted, Pat Perino from Houston, Texas, believed his implant could have been inserted during a UFO encounter he had in 1954 at six years of age. Mary Jones recalls two UFO encounters when her metallic objects could have been implanted in 1969. In the first frightening encounter, Mary commented, I was on a camping trip with my family while pregnant with my third child. Oddly enough, one month after Mary's child was born, she had another alien encounter while at home during the night. It's almost like they were doing a before and after abduction. Conversely, Dorothy O'Hare from Palm Springs, California, and Lyndon Davison also commented that she first noticed the lump on her leg following a UFO encounter involving other witnesses in San Diego in 1993. I actually noticed a lump, Alice clarified, when I discovered the scoop mark also on my left leg after the UFO encounter. Just scooping a chunk of flesh out of her like she's like she's a bowl of ice cream or something, for crying out loud. If the alien abductors are responsible for implanting objects in the bodies of their abductees, then are the aliens cognizant of the fact that the implants have been removed? So the next question was posed. Did you experience any UFO sightings, alien abductions, odd dreams, missing time, or paranormal events just prior to or after the implant surgery? Within a month, Pat Paranaloy revealed, yes, an unusual set of events took place with another witness involving an orange glowing UFO one evening about a week before the surgery. After the surgery, I noticed that my psychic abilities seemed to decrease. I'd be interested to know what he considers psychic abilities. If maybe was he, maybe what he was experiencing was some sort of, uh, you know, some some sort of a vague feeling that he was getting from the communication between that device and the aliens. Dorothy replied, "About a week before the surgery, I had a dream, like abduction experience, involving many people in a large locker room type facility, waiting in line for what seemed to be." a shot in the back of our necks. Also, right before an appointment to meet one of Daryl Sims' associates for an interview regarding the implant surgery, 
I and another woman had a strange experience. It was like getting stuck in a time warp. I ended up being very late for an appointment, and then late one evening after I returned home from the surgery, I had an alien encounter that I couldn't really recall. Now that sounds like a very disturbing situation to me. This poor lady's on this ship, or she describes it as a locker type type room, with with numbers of people waiting to have a shot in the back of their neck. Just apparently under some sort of mind control where these people are just like walking in zombies through this big, I could just imagine like a big cargo plane, only it's a spaceship waiting to be implanted. This is, this is not something I'd want to be a part of. Both Linda and Alice did not recall any unusual events soon before or after the implant surgery. Many experienced a rare pain swelling in Mary experienced a rare, a rare pain and swelling in her toe and foot about a week before the surgery. At the time, Mary, Mary revealed, I knew exactly where the objects were in my foot. I could feel them. Prior to that, Mary had no pain or sensation of that kind in her toe. What was really strange, Mary admitted, was that the moment I stepped out of the car to meet Daryl Sims just prior to the surgery, my pain stopped. The real question one may wonder about is, now that the implants have been removed, will the aliens continue to come back and abduct the abductees? All individuals except Mary Jones were able to answer, able to answer with a resounding yes. Alice elaborated on an abduction she had two months after the implant surgery. I retired to bed early due to a headache. Her husband awoke at 1 a.m. because the whole bedroom lit up like daylight. He looked at the clock, reached over to touch me, and found that I was gone. Paradoxically, paradoxically, my husband quickly went back to sleep. The next day, I felt very ill. I don't recall anything during the. I don't recall anything during the night, but I noticed the next day that my dog had nervously clawed areas in the house as if he were trying to escape something frightening. It's almost as if they drugged her husband or something to put him back to sleep. But the dog was just insignificant to them, and that poor thing was just scared half to death trying to get out of that house. As to changes in health, mood, dreams, or psychic phenomena after the surgery, all five agreed as to some type of change. Mary Jones simply stated that she felt a sense of peace after her objects were removed. Dorothy commented, commented I felt a tremendous sense of relief after the surgery. Lucia remarked, yes, I had a, I had a dramatic and intermediate mood lift after the object was removed from my foot. I also stopped having the pain and the weird watery sensation surrounding my foot. The most striking changes were noted by Dorothy. I had a severe diuretic effect and lost much water weight a week following the surgery. Then my health progressively worsened and I developed angina and edema. This heart problem was a recurring complication from a previous illness I'd had in my late 20s. I also experienced extreme fatigue and could not concentrate. The illness lasted about a month, after which my energy and health returned with more vigor. My creativity and mental activity improved remarkably. I'm a writer. I had a startling improvement in my memory where I was able to recall a previous alien abduction experience from 1991. In other words, it was the first time I was able to pierce through a screen memory from an abduction, although it took me three days to process the memory it was difficult mentally and emotionally. 
In hindsight, after the implant surgery and recovery from illness, I felt detoxified. Pat, on the other hand, noticed a more subjective change and simply stated, Yeah, a part of me which remains hidden has undergone quite a few changes of paradigms. Alice and Dorothy shared a moment, sim- shared a common symptom several months after their surgery. Alice remarked about eight months afterwards, I had shooting pains in my left leg and noticed the, imp- and noticed the implant scar turned bright red and hurt and lasted for about a week. Also around that time, around the same time period, I had a strong precognitive vision that later came true in exact detail. Dorothy added, Yes, I also noticed a strange reaction in my leg and an implant scar about six months after the surgery. I felt shooting pains in my leg, especially at the implant site. The inclusion scar turned bright red for about a month. It says, Could these changes in each of the individuals interviewed have to alter their views of the UFO phenomena after the fact? Pat admitted he was basically in denial about the UFO abduction phenomena previous to the surgery. And yet, Pat stated, it seems like the more one becomes aware of the fact, the more I realize that I don't know anything, but I do sense that something is accelerating. Dorothy concurred with Pat in that she firmly believed the UFO phenomena was all nonsense. Afterwards, Dorothy realized I had been able to work through many issues in my life, now that I'm no longer in denial, now I have a more practical and spiritual approach to life and am more concerned with helping others in a practical sense, not promoting some New Age metaphysical philosophy. Mary also admitted she had no interest or knowledge of the UFO abduction phenomena previously. She says, even now, Mary added, I have no real interest in the UFO topic, yet cannot deny there is something to it. Both Lucia and Alice had a good knowledge and belief in UFO abduction field. Lucia stated that her views have not really changed. The best I can describe, at least explained, is that I have a couple uh, that I have had a that I have had a real powerful extreme source of the highest of highs and lowest of lows. Alice admitted previously I felt the aliens were possibly evil. Now, after the surgery and as life and my abductions continues. I think the aliens just have a job to do. It's not a good job. I think they are just following orders. Wow. I talk about normalcy bias. I really feel sorry for that lady. I mean, this, I guess this kind of falls under that Stockholm Syndrome, you know, where you're kidnapped and then you begin to identify with your kidnappers to the point that you can't help affect a rescue. I just can't help but look at these cases and recognize the inherent evil involved. People are taken taken without their permission, possibly against their will, and having these implants inserted into them, just treated like they're animals. And some of them just seem to be okay with that. It goes on, it says, So is the UFO community at large telling the whole truth about what really happens to abductees? Pat says, truth is subjective. No, truth is not subjective. Truth is always real. Okay? So that, that that right there is a red flag for me. He says, truth is subjective. I know there are a few researchers who are holding to the narrow line of finding out what is going on. Alice agreed, <clears throat> for the most part, the abduction researchers are reporting things as they are experienced, but for one small exception, some top researchers are not mentioning the apparent military involvement. Lucia concurred with the, with Alice 
top researchers are touching on the major issues, but in my opinion, do not want to get involved in the government and and, and do not want to get involved in the government end of it. Dorothy Fort rightly stated, many people in the UFO community have had their head in the clouds and believe in an overly benevolent, fanciful spiritual philosophy. There is not enough critical analysis. I have learned more from one-on-one conversations with other abductees than from the public lecture circuit. As to the U.S. government covering up UFO facts from the general public, all individuals agreed, Alice concluded. Yes, especially the Roswell, New Mexico UFO incident of 1947. Well, I think we could just assume that they're covering up everything. And we, we, don't even, we don't even have to argue about that, I don't think. Most of the implantees described noteworthy mental, physical, or health-related changes following their implant surgeries. Four of them reported a continuation of some type of alien abduction activity. The two women who had the biological-type implants removed experienced strikingly similar post-surgical changes involving shooting pains and reddening of the, inclu- of the incision scar for a short period of time. The important thing to consider here is the whole clinical picture. Over-reliance on physical test results of the implants alone are not substantive enough to solve the implant mystery, let alone the the question of alien presence. If not, then what is? The lives and experiences of the abductees themselves tell us that we need to stop and listen. The answer lies somewhere in between science and the hearts of people. Well, yeah, maybe. You know, they still... Uh, in this article, at least, don't tell us what they found about the implants. We do know from some of the work that we that we've had since then that these things are a lot of times they are broadcasting at strange radio frequencies. Uh, they move when when uh, you know when people are trying to find them when they're trying to when they're trying to dig them out of the uh, out of the uh, skins of people. They seem to just kind of take on their own life. The way that they're taken out, the whole the whole secrecy that surrounds the alien implant, um, you know, happenings, the reactions that people have, it all just seems like a kind of a gray, fuzzy area. But you have to, you, you have to go back, in my opinion, at least, and look, uh, where's the consent? At any time, did these people were these people treated like anything else than a scientific experiment? That's the question that I would have for them. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.